0: Isaiah 61 verse 10 to 62 verse 3, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the young plant come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem, in the hand of your God. Luke chapter 2 verse 15 to 21. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord.
1: good morning I'll try to speak a little bit loudly can everyone hear me clearly or would you prefer if I use the microphone no okay can I have the clicker please thank you so before we are going to delve into God's Word I would like to start with a prayer let's bow our heads Heavenly Father we want to thank you for your word and for Diana who just read from your word to us Father, we pray that you will open our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to your message this morning. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm really excited to be talking about the Christmas story. The Christmas story is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, And also, since it's the day for New Year, New Year's Eve, uh, I think it's good to start like a special journey together this morning. Uh, and think about um, uh, what, what I want to do is I want to see does anyone have new re- New Year's resolutions for next year? No one, well that's good because then we can make three new ones during this sermon and I have suggestions for you. So uh, I want to think about the, um, the Shepherds this morning because we are in the middle of the Christmas story uh, and when I was driving actually Uh, to church this morning, something occurred to me. I had my sermon on the passenger seat. I wasn't reading them while I was driving, but I was thinking a little bit about it and I thought we are at a little bit of a uh, a cross point right now because we have a whole year to look back to because it's New Year's Eve, but we also have a whole year to look forward to. So we are at a bit of a tipping point right now. And in the same way it occurred to me, so were the shepherds. They were still under Mosaic law, but they saw our new savior. They saw Jesus. So they were, well, they had one foot in with the old, but also they saw what was coming. They had something to look forward to, especially after the proclamation of the angels. So let's dive into the the text and to the shepherds and to what I prepared and not just my revelation on the way here. So as you undoubtedly know, the Bible speaks of shepherds a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, We see shepherds, I have just a couple of examples. For instance, God as the shepherd in Psalm uh, 23. But we also see shepherds uh, in positions of leadership and guidance. Uh, In addition to Psalm 23, there are several cases of shepherds who were leaders. We can think of maybe Moses, David. They were described as shepherds of the people responsible for guiding and caring for the people. But we also, the most important one perhaps, is Jesus as the good shepherd. And we see this as well described in John uh, chapter 10, verse 11. So why do I want to take a moment to look at shepherds when it's so obvious that God uses them through the whole Bible? Why is it so significant? that he chose shepherds to tell the good news of the birth of Jesus. Well, after the angels had gone away and sang their proclamation, the shepherds said to them, let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. I absolutely love the enthusiasm of the shepherds here. They were stoked beyond stoked. They were looking at each other like, can you believe it? We heard the good news of Jesus the King. Let's go and find him. And the things we have seen tonight, this is just amazing. Can you imagine just witnessing a legion of angels singing to you? Now this is why it was so amazing. During the New Testament period, and also a little bit before that, shepherds were considered like the lowest rank on the social ladder. None were lower than the shepherds, they were excluded. And they were literally living their lives excluded from the people, they were tending to their flocks outside of the cities. And in the book of Genesis and Exodus, we read that the sons of Jacob were not allowed to dwell among the Egyptians, for uh, the shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. Now when we come to Judaism, Judea, Judaism, Jerusalem, shepherds were needed. And um, they, they were needed because uh, they obviously tended the sheep that were needed for uh, the wool and things like that. But in the New Testament era, shepherds were considered ceremonially unclean. As you can imagine, they had to tend their flocks 24 7. They could never take a day off, they always had to tend to their animals. And because of that, they were not able to comply with Sabbath regulations uh, as were considered for normal city people, and were, as they were constantly watching their sheep. So they were considered ceremonially unclean. They were low on the social ladder. And I just find it awesome that God chose these people to bring the good news. Not the blue blood somewhere in the cities, but the blue-collar people who are working their butts off. So God gave them something to talk about. Now something else that should be considered. Uh, It was considered in Jewish writings that the sheep that were raised for the slaughter of all the sacrifices, remember every day there was a lamb to be sacrificed in the temple of Jerusalem, that those sheep were raised by the shepherds of Bethlehem. There are actually archeological finds that attest to this. There are writings to that effect. So effectively, these shepherds are going to see the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice, which effectively is going to put them out of business. Because he, Jesus, is going to do something that will be once for all time, we don't need new sacrifices after him, you don't need to have lambs anymore. So the fulfillment of what they're doing will be seen when they go to Bethlehem. Now, what, what can we learn from these shepherds? And here's where I come in with my resolutions. The th- first thing that I want to consider is responding to the call. The first lesson that we learn from the shepherds is in verse 15. We just read that the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Their response to the angel's proclamation was immediate and purposeful. They didn't say to each other, oh, did we really see what we just see? Are we hallucinating? No, they said, let's go, let's go and see. They didn't wait. They didn't quibble among each other, like, should we do this or not? What could happen to us if we do? No, they just went. So this is also a a question that we can ask ourselves from the past year, but also looking forward to next year. How have we been responding to God's call past year? So I really want to have you think on that one. How have you, I, been responding to God's call in the past year? Because the shepherd has shown us the great first New Year's resolution. We can learn from their response. They immediately go. We should pay attention to what God is saying to us. What is he telling your heart today? Where should you go? Have you been listening? What kind of things, forgiveness, or helping others, is He asking you to do? Our main goal should be answering God's call, just like the shepherds did, with quickness and purpose. So it's an excellent New Year's resolution if you haven't already had one. Let's make it in our hearts, purposely, the intention to listen to God's call, so that as we move into the new year, we are ready for the special moments that God has planned for us. In this way, we can follow God's guidance and receive the good things He has for us in store. This leads me to the second resolution, contemplating God's miracles. In verses 17 and 18, we read, and I will repeat, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard were amazed and at what the shepherds had said to them. So the shepherds witnessed the birth of Jesus, witnessed the baby in the manger, and start sharing this good news. In this moment, actually captures the essence of witnessing a divine miracle. The shepherds having encountered something extraordinary could not keep silent. They had to tell. They couldn't contain their joy. And they felt the urgent need to communicate it to everyone they saw, everyone. And amazingly, everyone was astonished about what they had heard, what the shepherds had been told them. So everyone started to think about this as well. Their role as messengers was beyond just reporting. They became channels of the miracle. The proclamation of Jesus' birth wasn't a passive recounting of what had happened, but enthusiastically sharing. The the new king has been born. Our savior has been born. And that left an undeniable impact on those who heard it. So if we consider this part of the text and a part of the passage, we can consider how powerful it is to experience God's miracles. It makes you wonder if we're telling others about the special moments we've had that God created in our lives Are we talking openly about the amazing things that have influenced our faith? Have we done so last year? But also, how can we do this upcoming year? The shepherd's example shows us the way encouraging us to boldly share the good news to boldly share our faith with others. Their brave reaction to seeing Jesus' miraculous birth should motivate us to share God's stories, spreading the special moments that make our faith stronger. Tell each other what God has done in your life. The main idea is simple. We should be happy messengers, telling people about the joy and wonder that we've seen. So again, we see the purposefulness of the shepherds. It encourages us to purposefully share the happiness and amazement that we get from experiencing God's goodness. It pushes us to be confident and excited messengers, adding to a world that needs hope and wonder, because look around us, we are in a bit of a gloomy world at the moment. Lots of wars, despair, heartache. What kind of great messengers Could we be? This is a great opportunity for us to share God's light. When we think about this story, I hope it will inspire inspire you to take on the role of storytellers, sharing the special and beautiful parts of your journey of faith, and to lift up the others around you. And as we reflect on the impact of God's miracles and the Shepherds' inspiring example, again, let us ask ourselves one question. How can we, with boldness and joy, share the amazing moments that, we, that have shaped our faith with those around us? This brings me to our last suggestion of a resolution. The commitment to holiness. In verse 21, we read an an important happening, the circumcision and naming of Jesus. Again, quickly repeating. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Now the act of circumcision is something that predated Mosaic law. Remember, God told Abraham to circumcise as a sign of the new covenant. So here we see the new and the old coming together. It's an act that holds profound symbolism. It signifies Jesus' connection to his humanity and his fulfillment of the law. The circumcision is part of the traditional and religious thing in the Jewish community and Jesus doing this, or his parents doing this, shows us that he's like us. He's going through the same things we are going through and the, the people that he came to save. By undergoing circumcision, Jesus, the Son of God, demonstrated solidarity with humanity. Furthermore, the act of naming Jesus is also very significant. The name Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, it's all the same name. It it, It means God saves, God is salvation. And this name reflects on the purpose and mission of Jesus, emphasizing his role as our savior. The savior who would bring salvation to humanity. So how can we put this third resolution into practice? I'd like to suggest that we promise, or at least intend to be holy, inspired by how Jesus followed the rules. Of course, we are not Jesus, we are not sinless, but we can at least aspire to be as great as he was. This means that we want to live like Jesus did, following what God told us to do. It's not just about following a list of rules. It's not about memorizing a list of rules and trying to keep them. It's about changing everything we do, say again, purposefully and think. We want to be better in all parts of our lives. It's just like Jesus showed us. It's not only about following commands, but also changing ourselves inside and out. This resolution is like a big decision to be more like Jesus, not just in actions, but also in words and thought. Remember, Jesus even told the Pharisees what comes from inside was wickedness. What we sow inside, what we grow inside can be a reflection of what we do in the outside. The words we speak have meaning to others. Let us be mindful of how we speak them. Following Christ's teachings is the main idea influencing how we behave every day and how we interact with others, for instance, in speech. This commitment to being holy isn't just about how things looks on the outside, but it's truly about trying to match up with what God wants on the inside. It means making a real effort to let God's commandments lead our decisions, treating other people with love and showing what is right but making this promise and making this intention also shows us that we need God's help like I said we are not sinless we are sinful people we need help to be to for at least trying to be holy we are letting God's love change us shape us into the people who show his goodness it's a never-ending process of getting better, learning, understanding, and that trying to be holy is our way of saying thank you for your kindness and grace that God has given us. So, in the end, making a commitment to holiness is an active decision pattern to to try to have our lives shape them after the example set by Jesus embracing God's grace and allowing his transformative power to shape us into vessels of love and righteousness. So as we start to focus on being holy, let's think about how we can live like Jesus in the upcoming week and the new year. How can we make sure our actions, our words, and our thoughts match what God wants? The big question is, what can we actively do to let God's love and doing what's right steer our decisions? Take a moment to read that question and think about these questions. What can we actively do to let God's love and doing what's right steer our decisions? I really hope that these questions that I've posed this morning will help you on your journey to a more complete and changed life in 2024. So to conclude, friends, as we start the new year, let's take inspiration from how the shepherds acted about God's miracles. They acted purposefully, right away, without hesitation. They shared boldly with others what they heard and lastly, the act of commitment to holiness. By doing this, we begin a journey filled with faith, hope and love. And I pray that God's kindness be plentiful in our lives and that his peace may lead us every step of the way in the next year, amen.
0: share and comment, so if nobody put their hand up